I um, hope everyone is fine. I'm here with um, Brother Soap, also. <laughs> Don't even laugh! You, me... <laughs> <laughs> you did good! <laughs> Y'all, she was all nervous. She was like, I don't know how to do the intro, but you, you're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> so, and myself, Taro, you know, so, so, yeah. yeah. One of the best artists on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> you guys that have been to our, our Twitter have seen, we've got her uh, Hollyoaks art, artwork featured prominently because she handles business. So, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for doing all that good artwork for us, too. You you really handle business when it comes to Hollyoaks. You know this about yourself, though, right? Well, you know, I, I do love the show, you know, even though it's crazy half the time. Hmm. So. <laughs> yes, and these past few weeks have been no exception. So thank you for that good intro. I appreciate you. <laughs> you did good. All right, well, baby girl, I mean, let's go ahead and get to it. So everybody listening, it's just me and T holding it down today, uh, but we're going to go ahead on and do what uh, we normally do. So T, let's just go ahead on and start right up. Um, let's jump right into our what the hell. So what in the past few weeks on how has made you say, what the hell? Well, for me, it's been mostly the recent um, episodes and I think one of them right now that really at the top of my mind is the scene between Patrick and Maxine that they kissed. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, honestly, all right, I'll just say this. Um, I do think the characters, like the the actor and the actress, they do have uh, chemistry. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but I do see that. And I kind of do like the way they play off each other, but... It's just been really weird. Like, you know, one minute she's kind of like, I don't know, drugged up and she's just kind of off the place. You know, she kind of seems, I don't know, like kind of bipolar. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like the whole situation between them just seems so very weird. And, you know, all of a sudden now she loves him. You know, I could, if it's one thing that, like, Arden. They kind of, you know, she said that she kind of like him or she thinks she kind of have feelings for him or something. Maybe I could probably see that, but the fact that they try to play it up in such a recent, you know, in the recent episodes and then like, oh, I love you. And uh, I mean, if anybody follow in my blog can see that I was saying, you know, obviously she has Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> but you know? it's just, and obviously I was just joking, but it just seems so kind of out of nowhere that she just kind of said she'd fall in love with him and i'm just like i don't know so that's how i feel about it so baby girl i'm right there with you patrick must be giving her some good ass teaching lessons <laughs> <laughs> to have her falling in love with her him so damn fast and i told you this before i feel like it's exactly how you said when you were talking about Kevin and Maxine. Maxine busted out back in the day to Kevin. Oh, you're like a brother to me. <laughs> when she had known him like five minutes, had drugged. And now he drugged her and then like was screwing in the door, right? Like, this is for you, Maxine. <laughs> oh my God. That is crazy. 
I think that's the thing. Maybe it's the drugs. So the drugs made Kevin like a brother to her back in the day. And the overdose that Robbie was trying to push on Callum makes Maxine think she's in love with Patrick now. What Can it be the drugs, boo? Um, that's some strong drugs, man. <laughs> what was in that, you know? What was it? The tablet was ecstasy or something? What it? I think that's what they said oh, it was. That it, God. It like if that's I mean I should try it like <laughs> I'm single now I should try and see my luck you know no ma'am you don't need to be <laughs> trying out of that girl then you'll be falling in love with this abusive man <laughs> who got his wife in the insane asylum you don't want none of that <laughs> that's even what boggles me like she wasn't she the same one like defending him about like Anna and I just I guess she didn't believe it but then again I don't know. Her character has been giving me like a whiplash, so I just like I don't yeah. hate her, but she's kind of all over the place, you know. So I thought she was solid when Mitzi was around, but you're right. Now that Mitzi's gone, it's just like, what are they doing with Backseed? First, she's scheming with uh, Liam to try and buy Shayshes, I think. Then next thing you know, she can't breathe, and she's busting up in the bathroom with. Uh, Patrick with teach me to read T-E-E-C-H signs. I'm like, what are y'all doing with this girl? And now she's getting over ODN damn near at the club and now she's in love with an old man who just had sex with Cindy but is being abusive to his wife. With Patrick, I don't know what's going on with Patrick, but I don't like it because it's just like, okay, you got a strong dude on the show who could be maybe around for a while, but you want to turn him into an abuser for what is just... You know who he feels like to me? Oh. Patrick feels exactly like Allie. <laughs> and I hate to say how really but just the way he's all creepy and weird and and just not forthcoming with how things really were and having these strange moods, he is really giving me a very strong Allie vibe. And you know we did not like Allie. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like, but for me, um, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure because of the actor, but I still like the character. Like, even certain things like I was talking about in recently before, like. There's some things about Patrick I, I like. Like, I mean, obviously he's not supposed to be, or at least he's not, he doesn't seem he's going to be uh, the good character. Like, you know, he's mm-hmm. going to be a villain. But there's certain aspects about the character that, you know, it still makes sense. Like, all right, he's like still a principal and he has certain things about him and whatever. So I don't mind that really. But yeah, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of on the borderline of being really creepy. But I mean, He's not, to me at least, he's not that bad. So. Well, I, I think when he started, I was with you. When he started and he came in and, and kind of tried to clean house in the school, uh, basically everybody associated with uh, Esther's bullying ended up getting the boot. I really liked that. But after his uh, wife or ex-wife, I don't know if they're married or not, but came to town and revealed that he used to beat her and he was acting all creepy towards her. So we got that and now we got him grabbing Cindy all crazy and being rude to her and this strange obsession with Maxine. Like, I, I saw Maxine seeming to have a crush on him, but 
I don't see how Patrick in his might right mind could have any type of of interest in Maxine. What hobbies do they have? Do they share together? He is significantly older than her. He's probably this educated professor-like dude, and she can't read. So all I see is like this situation where, like the movie Sleeping with the Enemy. I don't know how <laughs> yeah, many of y'all. That movie. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know how many of our other listeners are familiar with that movie, but it seems like it, it's getting ready to be this this very. Um, this very thorough and slow breakdown of Maxine to where he's just controlling every little thing that she does um, in, in a very strange way. And, and I don't like that shade. What I do like, though, is the fact that his daughter is not liking what's going on with Maxine and, and her daddy. Like, I liked how um, after he saw, after Sienna saw him give her that necklace, she made it a point to tell Maxine, Oh, you know, in the absence of a mom, it sure is nice to have a sister around. I'm so glad that you can be like my sister, and I don't ever want that type of bond to change. And then she messed up Patrick's night with Maxine that he planned. She's like, uh-uh, Maxine going out with me. <laughs> so I, I like that shade, because I, I think that'll be interesting when that plays out. But who creepy Patrick. I like the dude, but baby girl, you know from my, my feelings about Bruiser Brady, I, <laughs> once a person goes abuser, I can't, who I can't, I can't come back. Like, I feel like, now, there was this part where he, he grabbed Cindy, and, and, and that, I, I can't forget that. I'm still mad at Steve from a couple weeks ago grabbing Amy like he was crazy. I'm telling girl, when they when they enter into that abuser line, I'm just like, ooh, I'm gonna have to start hating you. <laughs> I don't know, like for me, like all right, like with the whole thing, I think they're trying to kind of give you an insight, like eventually turn Maxine into what to show what he did to Anna, kind of thing. You know what I mean? And then it probably eventually. Maxine, I don't know if she will get any brain by this time, but like figure out that, you know, <laughs> I don't get anything by it, but you know, obviously she's kind of dense, like, you know? yes. so I'm, I'm wondering if they're trying to just kind of like give you an insight, like probably he falls for her, but I do agree with you, like she is kind of, she is younger than him and to find that he is kind of very possessive and obsessive about Maxine in such a short time and there is no deliberate connection for me to say that well okay i can see where you know maybe he likes the fact that she isn't that smart because he gets off on that you know what i mean right. that's what i can see from that like maybe because she's like a pet so it's like all right well you know i can probably i don't know mold her or something like that i mean that's kind of more the idea i get from what i don't know if it's just me but that's how i see it no, but I, at the I, same time, yeah, I do agree. He's kind of creepy, but to me, he's still not alibi. Like, I would say more Kevin was, but Kevin, because since Kevin was annoying me, so and Ali was annoying, and he did nothing to the store whatsoever. You know what I mean? At least Patrick had a certain part. Like, even though he's still creepy and stuff like that, you can see he's still using the same kind of method. Probably used to his daughter, but she's not mm-hmm. aware of it. You know, she's more that is a girl and. She doesn't have any friends. You can see that she always listens to her dad and everything. And because he's installed this, you know, for her to be a certain way and whatever. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's what I kind of like, too. So. 
Yeah, I I like him too, but I think I I feel like uh, with regards to Allie, I think both of those guys elicit from me that same strange creepiness, (laughs) and that's the part that I don't like about uh, Patrick. I hear everything that you're saying about Patrick and why Hollyoaks is doing the things they're doing with him. But me, I just want to see him being light and fluffy, mixing it up with John, Paul, and Doug, or in a bathtub. I don't need him abusing anybody. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling about Patrick. And baby girl, I know you had some other what the hell. What's the next up? What the hell you had? Um, no, you should do yours. Yeah, it's fine. If you want. Oh, no, you good, because you have less than me. Okay, so you well, go ahead and press the the next one is very, it's very small. Well, it's not small, actually, but it's just kind of like, um, it was with Will, obviously, story. <laughs> Will, the whole story is what the hell, actually. But, <laughs> you know, I just decided to speak a, a deliberate scene, I guess. Like, I mean, with one with him and the journal and also with Leanne and Will. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just, I just don't know what to think of this whole storyline, honestly. Like, it is funny that I thought Will and Leanne, they do kind of seem they could have worked, you know? Like, probably before he got like this. Right. You know? So, now I'm just like, this whole thing is... Uh, I'm even lost with words. I don't really know what to say. It was just kind of... It just seems so very bizarre, this whole thing was... I don't know. Isn't it crazy how he put all that stuff in a journal for somebody to find? I know. I'm just—he really sit down and wrote everything down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He tracks everything on a computer where he could just save a file in some folder that nobody ever had to find. But no, he gets this big old girly-looking journal. Like, isn't he on the everything. computer? Why wouldn't he make um like documents? You know what I mean? And exactly. It made no sense whatsoever. And how about uh, Leanne leaving town out of guilt? And giving him all the stolen money she had left over? I'm just, oh, God. What? <laughs> I was just like, girl, you lost your mind. You better take that money and have you a nice vacation. <laughs> I just like, you know, I don't know. It's just very weird. And then, you know, Texas is being kind of, you know, it's just something. This whole story, I swear, is like some, something from the Jerry Springer show. Because like, <laughs> her reaction was that, you know, like, what what she said? She said something like, "Why don't you just sleep with my mom or something like that?" I don't know what she said to him. What she found out that she and Leon, he and Leon kissed, and I was like, "Whoa!" It's like, okay, well, you know, it's not like you like um, switch brothers or anything. So it's a true that. Yeah, she really didn't have much of a ground to stand on there. But you're right. Yeah, I did expect, kind of expected more of a reaction out of Texas, but then at the same time. We all know she's taking a swan dive this Friday, so (laughs) she's about to give a lot of fans the reaction they've wanted from Texas for a while, which is death. (laughs) And it's kind of sad. I used to like her, but I I just kind of feel like, 
Yeah, like I really used to like the character, especially with Chian Dojo, you know, and uh, I just felt they really ruined everything, you know. It's the one thing if you're going to do a storyline where, like, art and it's like an affair and, like, um, with these two brothers, it's fine, but I mean, it, all the way everything went down, and then the fact that, you know, it's just really totally to me that's kind of really made me lost interest. So, I will tell you, I do have to give some props to will for uh stepping up his his uh his game a little bit because when kathleen angel went missing and uh he found out that uh texas was with dodger and i think i can't remember if it was that evening that they slept together but uh it ended up you know to where Teresa didn't know texas was with dodger taking care of uh kathleen angel i love how will just kind of made sure the next time Teresa was around he was kind of like yeah you know texas was talking to me about yeah. how kathleen angel was in the hospital that's really sad isn't it and Teresa was like you was with her? Yeah, <laughs> I remember like, that part. I said, get it, Will, because <laughs> he was slick with it. And I love that, you know. And I thought it was funny how Leanne called him out. She was yeah. like, why did you do that? You you knew what you were doing. He was like, I really didn't. Like, he played yeah, that, admit, though, like, that Yeah, he kind of played that part really good. You know, and he switched yes. it around. Like, oh, poor defenseless <laughs> Will. Right! <laughs> he, that is his thing. He is good at making Leanne especially feel like, oh, woe is me. Please don't do anything bad because I'm so sad. <laughs> it's pitiful. Yeah. I, I do need to comment, though, on how damn desperate Teresa is. Teresa needs to grow a backbone for all women on Earth. She is, has been chasing after Dodger too damn hard. And since we was just talking about Patrick, we need to say the same thing for Cindy. Do you feel as a woman that these are like two of the most desperate women-owned soaps that you've seen? Oh, my God. I just wish I could just slap the both of them. <laughs> you know? like, it's, I mean, oh, my God. Like, you know... The character of Teresa is like, she's not doing anything. She keeps chasing guys. And then when she made that thing about, like, oh, Dodger is this guy who just, you know, do all this stuff for her daughter. And I was like, well, Joel was there, and he did the same thing. You know, and he was he actually did love you. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, you, you forgot about that, and now you're running off Dodger. I'm like, oh, he's best brother. I'm just, it's like, wow. It's ridiculous. See, that's why... Joe should have been with our girl Jess. She wouldn't have did him like that. She would have given him the love that he deserved. Listen, I got you back, Jess. I'm still shipping y'all two together. But you're right. Yeah, Teresa's just like she doesn't even acknowledge Joe. And those two were really, yeah. really good together. Dodger, Mr. Not Dodger Daycare has not been about this girl from the time they started uh, being together. Although I will say it's cute again. I think Kathleen Angel painted his face again and had him looking all girly. And I love the fact that Kathleen Angel keeps dressing up all these little boys. I think it's just like, you know, they're playing up like she loves him and she's kind of being kind of obsessive that she wants his attention and stuff like that. And, you know, it's so funny. It's like in the beginning, she started out, remember when, I think, was it that they spent time, the night together, and they were talking and stuff, and she seemed so understanding about the situation. And granted, I do understand that, like, 
he kind of was kind of playing her around a bit, you know, with because she does she knew that like well he still kind of has feeling for Texas and he's keep telling her one thing or another, but you know she's come up so desperate and I'm just like oh my gosh she and Cindy just need to like I don't know like need to get some lessons in life, like, to realize that, you know, everything does not surround a guy. You know, you can actually do something else with your life, so. They need to read the title of Beyonce's single, uh, single, single ladies, and be that. <laughs> they need to be single ladies, and that's it, until they grow a damn backbone. Oh, goodness. All right, and did you have one more what the hell, Tuba? Um, also, yeah, with, with Kevin, um, I don't know what the hell that was. You know, he came back, right? Came there, being what was me, Maxine, right? And then um, he listens to Patrick, the person who does not like him, that Maxine wants um, him to sell, you know, her favorite jewelry. You know, and I was like, did he even talk to her? Like, why would you... Why would she give you the jewelry after she just said that this was the most valuable thing, you know, and she was trying to sell all this stuff, but you don't question anything, you didn't ask her, you just sell it, and he's just like, well, you're the one who told me to sell it, Patrick, and it's like, uh, you couldn't ask questions, like, like I thought you lived on the streets, and he just seemed kind of like, like, I'm not supposed to be sorry for him, he just comes off like, like a puppy, and I just, I'm sorry, I don't, you know, for whoever out there who likes him, that's fine you know for you but i really the character annoyed me for many reasons so baby i will say preach and this is coming from somebody that actually does like that guy but still honestly so it's obvious that there's a dude in the house trying to get away uh in between you and your girl and instead of being aware of this, which you should, because didn't you just go through this same thing with Simon Damn Walker? So you should be used to older dudes trying to manipulate a situation for their own reasons, right? So your decision isn't going to be to stand up for your girl protect your girl, make sure she's safe from this crazy person who is just manipulating situations, getting you kicked out of your girl's house, having you sleep back on the street. No, getting your ass beat by Steve, which I still call bullshit on. There's no way in hell Steve would have beat Kevin's ass like that. I don't believe it. I refuse to believe it. Just like I didn't believe that Brendan could beat Simon Walker's ass and then Simon ended up being just playing that mofo. Anyway, <laughs> that's a side issue. <laughs> But instead of being a man and stepping up and protecting your girl, you're right. He did just what you said. He just listens to Patrick. Oh, Maxine doesn't love you. She talks bad about you when you're gone. I'm like, dude, that is that is just like, don't believe that bullshit one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, <laughs> like I the jewelry and he just saw it and be like, oh, I thought it was for you. And I'm just like, you know, it's just fact that I don't know if it's the editing. He just he didn't question anything. And the same guy, he, yeah, you know, was trying to get rid of him and he took the... Like, why would she give? Why would he give you the jewelry? Like, you don't even think that he's trying to set you up or anything. He doesn't like you, you know. So I don't know. That's 
And baby, it's not like three years have passed since that junk went down with Walker. Walker got killed with that ghost train like five minutes ago. (laughs) So it should still be fresh in Kevin's mind that some of these older people will manipulate you. And especially since he seemingly cares for Maxine so much, you would think that he would be trying to protect her a little bit more. But dude is tripping. I'm with you on all of those. What the hell? (laughs) <laughs> okay. what, what was yours now? So I was oh, so, yeah. Yes, you know I told you I had about 7,200 with sales over this past week. So I'm going to start with my girl, Claire. How in the hell did Claire get into that room with Tom? Somebody's going to need to explain that to me, all right? <laughs> all I know is Claire had... Uh, Dr. Browning and uh, Paul and Mercedes beautifully locked up in that cage at her daddy's junkyard with uh, what what the dogs called, I think, sausage and biscuits or something. (laughs) Right? And she's just like, all right, here, I'm going to throw y'all the key. Y'all can get about this piece if y'all can get past my, my dogs over here. And then next thing you know, Tom is just chilling, playing his video game now. Uh, Jack is just downstairs working in the pub, so I need to know, how the hell did she get in that room to be standing over time when he was playing that damn video game? I mean, did she climb up the side of the building on a ladder? Because when the host came in the room and, like, no one, you know, no one heard her, like, what did she do? Like, just walk upstairs in a hood or something? Like... Right. It was just not explained at all. I will say it was creepy as hell how she was just right there when he was playing that game. But honestly, I'm going to need somebody to tell me how the hell she got in there because there was no reason. And while we there, I love you, Tom. <laughs> I really do love you, Tom. But really, I used to say to Max, characters from the Seven Dwarves, Whenever I was in danger, <laughs> that that's that was that was a little too much oh for my me. Gosh. Jack, you doing okay in there, Tom? Yes, I'm a little sleepy. <laughs> okay, go ahead and get some sleep then. No, 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 no. Jack, listen. I don't know why you're so grumpy. I mean, Jesus, oh, he was having God. a spell. That's that. I, I will segue really quickly into a scene of the week that I didn't have, I don't think. But uh, I did love how Darren, of all people, who had that beautiful line, hey, you know, my wife uses that with me. She calls me dopey. <laughs> I love how when Jack was talking to him, he was the one able to figure out, yeah. oh, Tom is in trouble. And he went in there. He towed through that door. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and went to go get his, his homie. I thought that was really good. I like that little scene where he chased down Claire. I was like, all right, girl. <laughs> they may not have seen you coming in, but they caught your ass before you could get out. I thought that was funny as hell. Yes. All right. So that was my first little what the hell. Uh, my next what the hell is kind of similar. Where did John Paul come from? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. John Paul missed a date with Doug and then left town. Like, I don't even remember if he told anybody he was leaving town. But all of a sudden, in the middle of that whole uh, weird Jackie exit storyline, here this fool come down the stairs. I'm like, what? Where did you? What? 
Do you know where he came from? I have no idea where he came from. I thought he left and, you know, he's going to, I don't know, reevaluate his life or whatever. And then, boom, he's back. And I'm just like, and he couldn't even spare one word to ju- to um to Doug. <laughs> it's like, um, okay, it's not like you ignored his dinner or anything and you just left with this guy. But, okay, sure, no problem. And it's also not like he had to stand up there and give a three-hour sermon on where the hell he been. All he needed to do was say, hey, Doug, I had to take a little bit of time away right now. My family is going through this. Mercy is missing. Girl, he could explain that whole situation in 30 seconds. So with his ass busted out, I don't have time for this right now. I'm like, really, bitch? You don't have 30 seconds? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. The wording was, you know as well so i don't know what they were trying to you know i guess imply with that so well baby i'm gonna tell you if i was doug what i was gonna say well then you don't have time for this d no more get out of here <laughs> i'm gonna clown shoot I, and i really want some stronger lines in, in doug's mouth because another what the hell i had is doug's reaction to steve steve came back into town cocky as damn hell just talking to Doug all kind of crazy, looking up at Shea Shez like it was the gold pot on the other side of the rainbow, uh, messing up work opportunities at his damn deli, and he is just talking to Doug crazy as hell, and Doug was just nice as all get out. The one thing I did like that uh, old dude did, though, when uh, he raised his voice to Steve, and Steve was like, don't raise your voice to me because Al, and Doug was like, what? You gonna hit me? I was like, that's right. You tell him. <laughs> tell him. I wish you would. I was just waiting for. I wish you would. Raise your hand to me. I thought that was good, but oh my god, girl. I, yeah, that that was. Ah. Anyway, so that's that's that. Okay. And uh, so you said part about what the hell? Yeah, I didn't know why he couldn't tell uh, Doug where the hell he been. I thought that was crazy. Now let's talk about Steve. Okay. So Steve comes back to the town, cocky cocky, and he busts out to Doug. He's going to sell his half of the deli on one episode so he can buy Shea shares. But then on the next episode, he can't come up with $2,000 for a lawyer to handle some business. So how the hell is he going to get a lawyer to handle the contract so he can get out of the deli if he can't even afford two grand on a lawyer to help him with whatever foolishness was going on with the client. Yeah, like, like what? I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how um, UK money or what of the, the value system or whatever it is, but I'm just like, he doesn't have any money at all. Like, you know what I mean? He owns a business, right? And uh, he wants to sell half of it, but he has not even two grand to to get a lawyer, you know what I mean? And in a short time, I don't know. But I guess that's I understand where the drug dealing thing comes in. But at the same time, it's like, you can't even find... I don't know. Am I wrong in this? Like, how much is it? Is it, like, a lot? Like, you wouldn't even have, you know, any at all? Because doesn't he have a business? Wouldn't he be have savings or anything like that? I don't know. Uh, that's what I'm thinking otherwise. But, but this is the thing, too, right? So where did he go? He went to go visit his girl, who is what? A millionaire now because her man is a millionaire. You mean to tell me his millionaire homegirl ain't going to break him off two grand 
to do what he needs to do, especially if he's trying to revive her brother's club. Come on, now. Yeah, I there thought, no... I was like, she has no say. Like, I thought she owned something. I don't, I'm, oh my God. I mean, well, obviously, you know, some of this stuff is kind of, is BS, right? But... It, it's like we're, we're we're not supposed to think. I think I've seen that theme uh, with regards to the discussion of Hollyoaks. It's like if you think too hard on it, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. You're just supposed to accept the foolishness as rational. But honestly, because right, so even if because Cheryl, I guess, wouldn't Cheryl own Shay Shays? Yeah, like because there was like three partners in there, right? And then Joel came out, and it was um. Cheryl and Brendan. So, so then if Cheryl owned Shay Shares, Steve wouldn't even need to buy Shay Shares from her. Hell, she could probably just give it to him. What she do? She in a mansion. She in Downton Abbey right now. She ain't worried about no bike club. So, like I'm not really sure how it works exactly. So I don't really want to say anything and sound very ignorant about it because I, I really don't know how the whole system works. But I'm pretty sure Hollyoaks, regardless, is not. Um, very, you know, like legitimate in what they're showing because I'm saying, yeah, Cheryl owns half of it, even if she couldn't give him money or is she just really that kind of like, I don't want this part in my life but I mean, even if like I mean, Steve went to visit her in a castle and guy has money and, you know after, you know, she left and Brennan took the, the, the you know, the whole thing for her and she couldn't cough up some like something to help Steve. I mean, I guess he probably didn't tell her his plan, but I mean, even if it just still, it just seems, you know, it's not very strong in that sense. But I guess we're supposed to ignore that to help develop the rest of the story. Yeah, man, it, it's just completely ridiculous. And real quick, last, uh, what the hell? Oh, let's is... not forget. Oh yeah, you said that Paul Brown probably he bought it, or because he has to sign it to. Um, you know, to clarify that he did, I don't know. So, because I thought he already paid money, you know, for the club. So I'm just like, I don't know. But anyway. Yes, yes, because Dr. Browning, yeah, there was that thing with Dr. Browning and Claire. Yeah, and I maybe maybe he did because I, I told you before we started recording the show that I didn't think that Browning signed the contract, yeah. but I think actually. Didn't he sign the contract, yeah, or did he not? Because I, I can't remember. I remember I remember the lawyer being there and Claire being there, but I can't remember if he actually signed the contract. So yeah, that that was weird. That was very strange. All right. So yeah. So my last two little scene of the weeks. So we were talking about Paul uh, a minute ago. I want to know how in the hell. Mercy could open up her mouth to ask Paul how he could test her so much when she is the one that was plotting with Claire Damn Divine to make him come out of pocket of all his money to get her out of the fake kidnapping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, my girl, you know, <laughs> it was just clouded like a bug <laughs> on this piece right here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. I mean, like, yeah, that just seems kind of weird. It doesn't, I don't know, it's strange. Like, Mercedes, you know, saying all the stuff, and it's like, you know, you're still as guilty, and you still play the same game as him. You know what I mean? And now she's like, I guess she realized how much he bothers him, but this is Mercedes we're talking about. Like, I really don't think maybe next what? Next next storyline, she's doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Unless you're going to prove me wrong. But 
Yeah, so I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, she was bugging. <laughs> she was bugging something serious on that. And another person that was bugging, which is my last what the hell, is George. George, Phoebe has been all about your ass for all this time. You didn't have nothing to do with Phoebe as if there was a white girl in trouble. If it was Maddie in trouble versus Phoebe in trouble, you got Maddie's back. If it was any other white girl on the show versus Phoebe, you got the white girl's back. Now, old sister girl finally got her a brother that is interested in her, all about her, and George Ash is throwing shade like he is Stee after they had sex. I'm like... What are you, what is your problem with this poor kid who was just in the back of a truck that Jackie kept on closing on the immigrants, which also drove me crazy? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I just don't understand George's reaction. I mean, hell, he should be happy that Phoebe's got another friend that's not him. But no, he is just anti this girl having any kind of joy. Now, I could maybe partially understand him being rude to Phoebe if this was still, what, two years ago when she sold him in the sex slavery for a damn dog. But now, when everything's kind of cool, I'm like, why is he throwing so much shade at this dude? What is the problem? I mean, I think so, a part of it is, like, again, you know, me... Um, a part of it is probably because he maybe feels jealous. You know, like after they made his bond and everything, and now she finds this guy that she seemed to probably like. But at the same time, I do agree with you. I'm just like, he's giving her beef, like, you know, so much stuff. And before, he was telling her, to, you know, go find new friends, you know, try to make friends with Maddie, uh, you know, and other people. <laughs> and now she finally finds, like, a friend, well, you know, from the standpoint. And, you know, he's giving her such a hard time. And it's like, George, I mean, come on, dude. Just, you know, make sure you have fun a little bit. And if it's a new friend, it's a new friend. And it's, you know. But, yeah, he was just being kind of, you know, very immature about it. He, he was being shitty. You know, I said Maddie Ghost been going around possessing people. Maybe Maddie Ghost has possessed George now. <laughs> or maybe maybe George took the advice of Steve, who was educating George about what being a real gay man is like. <laughs> Apparently being a real gay man is being an insensitive bitch. So okay. maybe that's what George is trying to be right now. And if he is listening to Steve, hey, he needs to stop because that motherfucker doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> bitter right now so <laughs> What's the same, I think he's bitter right now so yeah I wouldn't listen to him either so you know what I'm saying uh, Stevie tripping <laughs> he be tripping alright so since I'm already on George and Phoebe, let me just keep it rolling and talk about my uh, nice George and Phoebe scene that made uh, one of my two scenes of the week. Uh, Actually, it's not a George and Phoebe thing. It's just a Phoebe thing. That little actress looks so cute, (laughs) you know? They finally got her out of that damn hoodie, that little gray hoodie. They let her put her hair down. Um, I'd seen her on... uh, 
I can't remember a while back. I think she'd gone to some award show. Maybe it was last year's British Soaps Awards. And she just yeah. looks so pretty. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that uh, just her looking nice and cute and smiling and was kind of happy, I thought that was real cool. And I thought her and George talking in that moment where George told her, you look good. <laughs> I thought that was a, a good scene of the week. Now, even though George was probably trying to pat himself on the back because the storyline was he made her look good, whatever. <laughs> but the little act looking cute, I thought that was that was a nice little scene. Did you notice that as yeah, well? Yeah, it was really it was really nice, you know, and to see her smiling so much, you know, and it's not like always so serious and like she looks always she always looks so sad and certain things don't work because we already know her story and she's always this defensive girl and stuff and it's just really nice to see her like you know kind of let her hair down and have a little makeup on and she's kind of you know all right enjoying herself and yeah yeah, I, I thought I thought that was nice. And I really hope that she has a lot more time in the future where she gets to uh, be that nice and happy girl, even if it makes George irrationally mad for no damn reason, because <laughs> he was just irritating me with regards to that. Oh, okay. so what do you think of Vincent, by the way? I like him. He, I like him. And I, I think one of the things that I like about him, um, you were just talking a moment ago about how George used to push Phoebe to make friends with people like Maddie. What I like about Vincent is he's not mean. He's not mean. He's not trying to do anything but just be in the country and do his own little thing. So I appreciate that he's actually a nice character for um, for Phoebe to be able to relate to, you know? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know, I liked him. At first, I wasn't sure, but, you know, the more... I kind of like the... He's more a light character, you know? He just comes in and, you know, he has kind of these good morals and stuff like that, and he kind of made an impression mm -hmm. on her, you know, because, mm -hmm. I mean, apart from her being you know, kind of like on the streets and she kind of have certain ways to steal things and stuff like that. But she do have a very strong, um, like, in terms of more, like, loyalty and, like, certain things that she wouldn't do, you know, like, you know, when the, like, even one time Esther was accusing her of, like, um, doing, like, messing her up her shore or something like that, and she's like, that's not right. her, that's not the type of person she is, you know? And right. I kind of see that kind of trait with Vincent because he can see that he's kind of like this, Seems like an honest guy, you know, and obviously he's like, you know, trying to find his way. He doesn't have any money, you know, and he can relate to her because he's somebody who, you know, he lives on the streets and, but he's still, you know, he's trying to keep that kind of like um, integrity, you know, and I, I, I like that, so. Yeah, I think that's cool as well. And I, I know we are past what the hell, but I, I want to bring this up once again because I'm curious if you noticed too. Did you notice? That when, during Jackie's exit storyline, when I think it was her and Phoebe in the truck, and then they realized that the immigrants were in the back of the truck. Did you have a personal reaction when after opening the back of the truck and seeing all the immigrants there, Jackie closed the truck door again like with all those people inside did you how did you feel about that because <laughs> i'm wondering if i was the only one saying what the hell there's no way in the hell jackie mcqueen would close and leave those people in there for as long as she did even if it was three minutes i think maybe um like i i did see that scene but like i was doing something at the same time so i wasn't really mm. like um like invested but at the same time i think she was just kind of having 
maybe like a, a shock reaction. I don't know, like a moment, like, you know, you're kind of in shock, like, what in the hell, you know? But I, uh, I just, I don't know. Like, I had my gripes about her storyline anyways, so, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I just, certain things already I did not like, and... Uh, I mean, how I felt about it in that scene, like, honestly, I couldn't really tell you, but that's how it kind of more translate to me, but, I mean, she did yeah. left, like, she did, like, leave them there and did not, and then I'd be like, this, I mean, what yeah. the hell are they doing with the character, you know? I mean, at one point, I was, I was, you know, start questioning, like, what are they doing with Jackie, but, yes. you know, um, I did, like, how they overall wrapped everything up. I guess we're going to get to that soon. So. Well, I mean, we could talk about it now. The Exit storyline made no sense. The show spent all this time building up this rivalry between Trudy and Jackie, but how the story ended was Jackie was scared of this new person yeah. named Trevor, who tried to assault her, but then Tony was her savior, but then so was Trudy, because she told Jackie, who she's been plotting against for months, where to to take her stash, pretty much, so Jackie could be set while Trudy went back to Jack. Like what? They spent all this time building up a Trudy Jackie rivalry, but there was no payoff. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it just... I agree with that. There was no payoff, and then we have this new guy named Trevor come in, and we no one cares about Trevor. No one knows. He just seems like a one of those stupid gangster guys. <laughs> He was. He's from Coronation Street. He, tw- he tortured people on Coronation oh. Street. So I'm like, what the hell is the dude from Co-? That's what I'm thinking. What the hell is the dude from Coronation Street oh <laughs> doing so, Yeah, and I agree with There was no payoff. You know, like, all of a sudden they become, you know, they ended like they're kind of somewhat rivals, I guess. But she helped her. and But she went back to jail and to give her his, her money. And I'm just like... Why this all built up to what exactly? You know what I mean? And then she leaves because she's scared. And boo, there should have been some payoff. I mean, that chick hired a man to rape Jackie. You hear what I'm yeah. saying? Jackie doesn't even know. Like, 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 and then they become friends. I was uh, honestly, I mean, you know, what I mean, I really hate to say, but I mean, I lost interest in part of it. like I hope the time didn't really, really had a reaction, and which is bad because. Jackie, I really love Jackie, you know, because she's one of those characters I could really relate to, like, you know, and I, I was like, well, and I still love her, you know, but it's just the storyline to me just really did not help, you know, the whole situation with the exit, with, like what you said, there was no payoff or anything, and this new guy comes in, and then, you know, I mean, Tony came and saved her, and then she had to leave, and, I'm just, and it did not help, in all honesty, that they tried to also... You know, like, if you're going to focus on, like, or it's going to be about, um, look again, about the McQueens or about Trudy. But it's like, they try to pick it about Trudy, then they switch it, and then there was no payoff. Then there was, she was trying to get the money from Mercedes. And it does really upset me because we all knew that Mercedes got herself in this whole situation. And the type of person Mercedes is, and I just I felt kind of angry, in all honesty. I was so upset. I was like, this is what happened to my character. Like, you know, the store payoff, and it just ended like that, you know? 
Yes. I know we're going to talk about this momentarily, but I am glad that there was the reunion between Mercedes and Jackie later because the way that she left the show, just getting into a cab and going after turning down Tony's marriage proposal. I mean, hell, even Tony and her was kind of getting back on track. Although I will say for Tony, you don't ask a woman to marry you five minutes after she finds out you impregnated somebody else. That ain't the wisest move, player. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I was oh like, dude, come on now. That was good right. between them, though. I just have to say that it was, was really nice, you know. And... and I hated Tony for a long time, and I think I mentioned this on a previous show. So the fact that the show even had me finally liking Tony and liking Tony with Jackie, and I hated that pairing, like that was some good work. Like Hollyoaks is slipping on its exits. I mean. Bruiser's exit made a lot of people mad. I'm still confused at how uh, Mitzi was driving off in a cab, but then after the closing credits, ended up outside the cab putting oh, lipstick on. I mean, she took a taxi saying? from the bar to the host, then she leave from the host. I was like, <laughs> right? oh, you know, what? Was that necessary? No, what? <laughs> yeah, it was. But, They've been messing up um, there. Yeah, but like you said, you know, I agree. Like, I was. I think everybody was kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe Jackie left in a taxi. But they did make it up, and I admit, like, the ending really did make up for other things, especially how I felt. Because I felt like I had to sacrifice all this stuff for for Mercedes as well. And, you know, like, Mercedes don't care, you know? So I did like that they kind of showed that, all right, well, you know, Mercedes knew where she was, and they kind of, um, you know, kind of had that sister moment and she was kind of like you know living the dream kind of in her own you know what she wanted to do you know yeah i mean i could buy that and yeah. i thought it was really beautiful and they had a moment and it was so the mcqueens and i really enjoyed it even though her little ricky martin man had gained <laughs> a little bit of weight <laughs> she was still right by and me i love the reaction when she saw uh, Mercy walk up into her little uh, pub and she thought it throwing things at her. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I thought, I thought that was that was just really see, really cute. But I also don't think there's no way in hell Mercy is going to step up and be Jackie and start taking care of her yeah, family. Yeah, no, when she said that Jackie... to her, I was just like, girl, you must be joking. Alright? She's like, you're going to look after them. It's like, sure. Like, I don't know. I, mean, no, I don't know if she learned any, her learned her lesson, you know what I mean? I mean, it would be nice to know that maybe after everything that Jackie did, that Mercedes actually tried to do something, you know what I mean? Like, like change or like step up to the plate and do something else. You know, otherwise, like everything that Jackie did, it would just really piss me off that Mercedes went back and did the same exact thing and she did, you know, nothing. I'm not expecting her to become like a, a saint, but... At least, you know, it'd be nice to see her try to to play a certain role that, you know, she she feel kinda like our Jackie sacrificed for, you know. And we'll we'll see if that ends up happening. I don't know about Mercedes, but that was a, a good scene. Uh, and then my last scene of the week was Claire Clown and Paul. I love that whole scene where Claire got Mercy Mercedes locked up at her daddy's junkyard. I thought that whole thing was excellent. But when she knocked Paul on the head and threw him in there too, I thought this little exchange was hilarious because Claire was just like, three weeks I've been lied to and I lost the love of my life. And Paul was like, I was never that. 
and Claire bust out. I was talking about the money. <laughs> yeah, <I was>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I appreciated that because what do you have? You have a strong female character valuing something other than a damn man. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Sister was trying to get her money, and that's how her character has always been. Men are nothing but a means to getting that paper. And on a show where you've got Cindy and Teresa being the most desperate excuses for women on the face of television, I appreciated having that you know, other side of things right there. Even though Claire's crazy as hell and I didn't like her messing with my mom and I didn't like my Tom kissing his pants when he saw her. I'm like, we got this with Esther. No more characters pissing themselves, please. I did like <laughs> that little exchange right there. All right, that's all my scenes of the week. So, T, why don't you go ahead on and break down your scenes of the week, mama? Well, my scene of the week, since we kind of, um, I know we're covering like a whole lot, um, one of them was actually between George and Diane. And I really, there's something about that moment. I just felt like it was kind of strangely refreshing, you know. Like, normally these two characters don't share a scene. You don't really, you know, they don't share a moment or anything. And here they are in a situation, like, both of them have a lot of issues and other things going on in their life that they don't really have control about. And, you know, they just have a moment where... You know, George is less like, oh, well, you're a counselor, right? You know, and they're kind of exchanging things that's happening to them or in their life that, you know, it's just out of their control and, you know, all the worries and stuff. And I just thought it was, it was just like a quiet scene, but it was just really, it was really nice, you know, and I really enjoyed that scene. That was one of them, so. I agree with you as well. I thought that scene was uh, actually really nice. And I said a moment ago how I liked uh, Tony with Jackie. I also liked Tony with Diane. I was kind of surprised by that. You, you yeah, too? I was surprised. At first, I didn't like how they kind of started out because I thought, like, oh, dear God, we're going to jump into another relationship with, you know, with these two. And, the, you know, you don't really build anything, you know, but... You know, at first, I admit, like, I was really upset with this whole kind of baby thing again. But now, the way the way they played everything so far, I'm I'm actually kind of enjoying it, no, honestly. And I'm even enjoying the the O'Connors. That's one of my other things. Um, from my scene of the week, more I guess like storyline, I guess. Like I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying them a lot more. Like even Sunita, like. I mean, you know, you kind of hate love that character, you know, and. I guess Stephanie's so good at the same time. It's like, I, I totally forgot certain things that she did. Obviously, I remember, but it's just like, you know, the storyline just feels like, I don't know, these two, the mom and the the daughter, they're like this team, and both of them are pregnant now, and, and they're in this situation, and they're trying to sort out certain things for themselves, you know, and then she has her own problem, and then here comes Tony, and he he just lost the love of his life, and now he's with Diane, you know, a girl, a, a lady that, you know, I think they fit really well too because they're kind of more in the same age group. Like they seem more, you know, like around, seem more bonds each other in a strange way. I don't know what that means. Because right. I did like no. him with Jackie, but I don't know, something with him and Diane I really like, you know. I can see, like, her personality and stuff. But, like, I'm really loving Diane. Mm-hmm. I never hated her before, but, you know, I never really really care for her at all. I didn't like her in certain things, you know, especially the part she played with, you know, Esther, of course. But, 
you know, just seeing her like being this trying to be this mom because she thought she was gonna have babies and now she, her daughter's friends as well. And she's dealing with these other things, you know. And then she's trying to feel this guy who probably don't love her. You know what I mean? And it just I don't know. It feels really nice, like I don't explain. It's kinda of refreshing. It just seems more like a very something everyday kind of thing, I guess, but like yes. more grounded in terms of the issues and stuff, yeah. You know? Yes. I agree. I think you're right on the money with that, you know. And um I like the fact that they played up that beat where, you know, Sine basically is trying to give the responsibility of her child to her mom, but she overheard that conversation. I can't remember if Sine was talking to George. I think she might have been talking to Martha, where she was like, you know, I don't know why I agreed to raise my child's, uh, my daughter's child, you know? And I I thought it was interesting how Sine was like, well, I know what's going on. You don't want to raise my baby and your two babies. I know I was shouting the TV. Well, she shouldn't have to. I'm like, Sine is so selfish, but she's such a teenager as well. It's like, I want to slap her, but... I kind of like the mentality, what she's in. Like, she's like, like, oh, well, you know, she don't want her baby and everything. And, oh, you know, you're the one thing you want, the baby. And I'm just like, I want to slap her. I'm just like, well, she ain't the one who, like, was in that room with that guy. You know what Mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm, You have to take certain responsibilities and stuff. And I kind of do like that, that she's still fighting that. You know, she's still immature and thinks she's all this and that and... But at the same time, like, with that moment with she and Tony, and she's kind of, like, you know, saying how, you know, she's scared and, like, you know, like, her mom don't want the kid and what she's going to do and stuff like that. I thought it was really nice. That was that was a very good scene. I agree. While we're on the O'Connors, what do you think about New Finn? Oh, yeah, you know, actually, I actually like him. He's not that bad, you know. I'm, like, saying... I would like to see more to see how exactly how I feel, but so far, you know, I mean, the cast, right, like, he really looks like Sunny's brother, doesn't he? Like, to me, he looks like he could be the cast for a brother. Yeah, I, I think that was a good fit, too. I really like the character yeah. as well. I think he fits in nice and easy. But I do feel like he needs to... The theme of this episode is backbones. <laughs> I feel like he needs to have more of a backbone when it comes to dealing with his sister and when it comes to dealing with yeah. quickly becoming one of my new favorite characters, Robs. I was talking about Robin last episode, but I like him and his little Phil Mitchell seeming ass. <laughs> <laughs> he's really... He's cool but i mean honestly it's like in the span of a week right so that poor kid got knocked over by a car that had robs sinead and callum in it but the next week sinead got him feeling guilty because what the hell did he do oh what did he do when you that, uh, touch the plate that, uh, yes yes because had him feeling guilty because he, him and Robs had smashed up that damn house. I mean, boy, if your sister and them was responsible for you almost losing your life to a hit and run, you better not be hearing nary anything about a house being smashed up. We need to talk degrees over here. <laughs> I, I'm going to shut oh some down. He's such a, you know, but I, I guess it plays well because Shani is such like a overbearing little bitch. You know what I mean? 
And, uh, you know, so he's just kind of like the one without the backbone. But I agree, he needs to grow one. <laughs> Man. And I can't remember if I asked you this last show, but how do you feel about Robbie? Do you like him or is he getting on your nerves? Oh, um, I think the last show, I think I said, um, I didn't like him, actually. You know, I thought he would really, at first I wasn't sure, you know, but he, I kind of like him. He's kind of like a smart ass. You know, kind of walking around the place, think he's cool and stuff. And then when you, you know, I, I kind of like him, you know, honestly. He's he's kind of growing on me. And I do like how he's kind of like, you know, scheming and giving trouble at the same time. He's kind of have this smug look on his face. And he's just doing certain things and just kind of like just watching and kind of being amused. So. I tried to look on IMDb to see if he's from the same place as uh, the, the actor who plays Phil Mitchell on EastEnders. Because those two dudes, I don't know if you watched that show, baby, but those two dudes sound exactly the same. Yeah. He's like a mini version of that guy. And it, it's just crazy to me. But on IMDb, they don't have where he is from. But that's what he reminds me of. And I think that's why I like him. Because I like Phil Mitchell on that show. And I like the little the trouble he's bringing into the, the younger set uh, with the things he's doing. Now, I don't like him drugging drinks because Holly didn't want to mess with his ass that, you know, and now Maxine is drugged again. But I think as long as they keep him away from Doug, <laughs> I will I will like him. But the minute he starts messing with Doug, OK, we got problems. <laughs> He's going to need to go. All right. All right, Mom, I talked all through your scene of the week. Did you have a couple more scenes? Um, actually, I do. Um, I mean, I kind of spoke about a bit, but I do like Tony being, I really like how everything kind of centered on Tony now. It just seems like, you know, he's kind of in the older group, you know, obviously, you know, on the show. And I just felt like it's such a, it's so nice to see him, like, trying to be this father figure to these two women, you know, like, um, to Sunit and Diane, and he's in the situation, like, in, like, next, what, you know, next few minutes, he's like, boom, he's a father of twins, you know, and she has a daughter already, and her daughter's pregnant as well, and he has to try and, like, um, kind of restored both of them. At the same time, he has his own problem, like, he just found out he had cancer or something, right? And right. I just thought that was, you know, it's just really nice to see him try to play it kind of the strong father figure role, which, well, um, you know, I really, I really like that. And I just thought it was really nice, you know, to see that and him and Darren kind of talking and having a moment and like, you know, like these two men and they're trying to just be friends, I guess, you know, and it's just nice mm-hmm. to see that. So that was yeah. another one with me, um, for me and... Also, for me, is with Steve, you know, I kind of, I mean, I know you don't feel like um, the story, probably, or I don't like the character, but, like, for me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying his storyline. I don't see anything wrong. He's, he's digressing, if that's the word. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he's going down, obviously. And mm-hmm. that's the point they're trying to make right now, and that's what I get, like, all right, well, he wants to buy shashes, and I'm just like, I don't think this is a good idea, but I don't think he's thinking about, you know, thinking straight about, like, because I'm like, what exactly is he planning to do? Like, and then he's now trying to start selling drugs to gain enough money to see if he can, you know, to buy the, the club. And it's just like he's getting himself in all this mess, and it's just really sad to see him to, you know, to go this way and... 
certain way he's going, he's being bitter and lashing out at, you know, Doug. And sometimes, like, oh, God, no. But at the same time, I mean, like, for me, I do understand. And I felt, I'm, I really feel for the character, you know. So, and I really like the scene when he went in the club and was reflecting around, you know, on the song and everything. I thought that was a really nice scene. So, I mean, I'm enjoying it regardless, and I hope to see, like, there is some kind of, I don't know what's the word, like, you know, a outcome or a conclusion to this whole thing regardless, so. You know, I think I would enjoy his disintegration more if uh, it would have come after him and Doug got divorced, you know what I'm saying? I think that all of his shenanigans would bother me significantly less if it hadn't been, if, if it wasn't presently 100 days, one hour, 19 minutes, <laughs> 20 minutes just turned since Doug has returned to town and they haven't addressed their marriage. It's like all of his disrespectful antics are just amplified to me by the fact that he is doing these things to his husband, who he has cheated on more than once, who he has uh, just kind of left town on and left his husband to fend the business for himself. I mean, when Steve came back to town, Doug smiled and was like, hey, I'm happy to see you. And there's one problem and, I have with that as well. I don't mean to cut you off, but I don't like the whole the way they are kind of making Doug to be kind of like, I mean... I get that, all right, the one who showed the character is strong. I don't know what, but I'm just like, yeah, whatever he's smoking, I just need some of that because he, <laughs> he is just talking back from everything with a smile on his face. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, wow. Like, I need some of that. Like, right now, how I feel, I just need some of what he's smoking. Or... Because I'm just saying, the thing with John Paul, and he just seems so fine. Like, even the thing with him and Steve, like, hold on, and then came back and was like, hey, man, you know, I'm cool and shit. And I'm just like, uh, um, you know, it's just nice to see that, like, that's kind of one of the issues I had kind of with John Paul and him getting together. Because the issue was that John Paul feel like he's not ready yet. But I'm just like, so what about Doug? You know, it just feels very, like, one-sided in the perspective. But anyways, so that's my yeah. gripe. Oh, you know, I just kind of just don't like how they, they're, they're kind of making Doug to seem like, all right, well, you know, um, I guess it's one thing you can seem like a strong character, but it just seems so, like what they're doing to Steve at one point, like, it seems so one-sided in its perspective. Like, I don't hear what the character actually think, you know what I mean? I mean, apart from, like, he would sit to her. Remember the last time when, I think, when John Paul was like, I don't have time right now, and he's walking away, he's like, uh... What he said to him, John Dog said something like, you know, he's not going to be in his position anymore, something like that. Yeah, I don't remember, but I remember feeling like, oh, look, Doug ain't taking it. Doug is trying to confront this mofo, and I was on it. And I think at the time I also thought, okay, so. Yeah, and they had that was, one scene, and then I don't have to, they haven't shared the scene again, have they? Exactly. Right, but the, my thing is, okay, so the show allowed. Doug to confront John Paul about just up and disappearing on his ass two weeks ago. But you mean to tell me that Doug and and uh, Steve ain't gonna have a conversation about their marriage? And I saw on the internet everybody and their mom was like, "Ooh, they almost got there." <laughs> you know, they almost got there because it, it seemed like that's where Steve was going when Steve was talking about, uh, you know, 
this wasn't going to work. Uh, there needed to be a change. And I sure thought he finally was going to say, we need a divorce. But no. Yeah, was, like I thought they were going to talk that, about it at one point when they were talking, especially when the guy was there to visit Tasty Chester. When he was there Jesus. to visit. And I thought, you know, all right, they were probably going to kind of, it would be nice to just see they actually kind of talk about it, regardless if it's, I don't know, leads to nothing. I don't know. But it was just nice to know that they acknowledged that, well, you guys didn't really talk about the discussion, you know, anything before, you know what I mean? So if the writers could just adjust that certain thing, I guess, but I mean, I, well, I kind of already make my peace with it, but apparently you don't. <laughs> no, ma'am. I refuse to make my peace no. with it until they talk about it. And I cannot let this podcast go without saying how ridiculous it is that poor Doug has gone from a closet gay that Steve could not be with to all of a sudden he's too gay because he works in a damn deli and all of a sudden working in a deli is not masculine enough for Steve even though that deli been paying his bills all that time. Yeah. So yeah, Steve is get, getting on my nerves. I don't hate him, but yeah, he is on my nerves. And that I'm too gay, Doug is too gay for working in the deli foolishness, that is some bullshit.com. I'm break it down like Tamar Braxton. Bullshit.com. Like, like for me, honestly, I don't really want them to be interrupted anymore, so I'll just be, I mean, and honestly, I hope Doug leaves the deli and get, maybe, because I just, I, I hate seeing him in that blue, that thing, uniform. I just like, oh my gosh, what? I don't mind it, Doug. It's cute in the deli. He could stay in that it's deli. Fine. I hope Steve lets it go away, and I hope some hot man comes and runs the deli with Doug, That's and they have a whole too. lot of babies. <laughs> but yeah, Steve is, I, he is on my nerves. I will just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I just wanted to know, like, what you think about the Patrick and Cindy and Maxine situation? Like, the both of them are fighting over Patrick, but. And then he was giving her, didn't he sleep with Cindy, right? It's weird. Like, I don't think either of those women are any of his type. I think that actually Maddie's mom from back in the day, yeah. who was messing with Reese, I thought she would might be a better fit uh, for him. Or, hey, let's pair him with a man. Dude is gay in real life. Let's get an older gay relationship going on in there. I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But, I can't I imagine like, like if him and Jack becomes friends. Maybe he's a bit older, but yeah. Exactly. I mean, that that would be cool too. That would be a nice friendship. But yeah, I don't like anything going on with any of Patrick's storylines right now. None. <laughs> they need to. They need to. All these personality shifts they're having happen with other characters. They need to have one happen with him because I don't like. He, I'll tell you, girl. He feels like Allie to me, and I don't want Patrick to be Allie. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> I am not feeling it. And um, I think there was another scene too. I think um, with um, Texas and Dajo, like um, it was nice to see them, you know, to reunite. But then she just changed her mind. So <laughs> yes, didn't she have that line where she she told him, and this whole lovesick puppy thing is pathetic. I was like. Boom, get it. Oh my gosh. Now I see why she ended up dead. Like, you know, she's just fooling around with both brothers. <laughs> I get she's confused, but are you you're kidding me, right? I just told him that at first she remember when they had that moment, she's like, you know, I never regret last night. And then next time she's like, It was a mistake and I don't love you anymore. 
<laughs> to be honest, like you were talking about earlier with uh, when when Jackie was uh, doing the whole immigration storyline. Mm-hmm. Usually, when Dodger and Old Girl are on screen, girl, I'm doing something else. <laughs> I'm paying no attention because I'm like, I already know the character's gonna die, so there's no need of me getting invested on anything that happens unless Will is on screen. So I wasn't paying much attention, but I did pay attention. Like I rewound the scene <laughs> because I was like, hold up. Did she just call Dodger pathetic and say his little lovesick puppy act was pathetic? Because oh, it was God. a little much when he went to her house and was beating on the damn door like he was the popos. <laughs> so when she clowned this ass in front of the house, I was like, get it, girl. <laughs> if, if, if nobody on the listening to this show could tell yet, I like my women strong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We need some strong women in this piece. So even though she was fronting, and we know she really loved that mofo, I just I appreciated that strength coming through. I'm like, see, Texas, see, if you was doing more of this, maybe more people would want you to stay on the show, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Shucks. So, yes, that's my take on them. Okay. So, and then we'll go into wrap up. Uh, was that your last scene of the week, sweetie? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't think of anything else. Can't think of anything else. Oh, it was also with um, sorry, one more. It was with um, Jim and Carmo. They kissed. <laughs> Did you even remember anything about that, or are you not interested? I don't know that I remember them kissing. I may have seen that, but the thing that I was irritated with Jim for hollering it. Admira, I'm like, bitch, you slept with Myra's daughter, and you ain't told the daughter that you slept with a mama, and you up here trying to be Mr. Big Man in Myra's own damn house? I was like, you sit the hell down. And so when Myra stole his car to go see about her daughter, I wasn't mad at that. Because Jim, is he is being too bold. He should be feeling guilty as hell that he slept with Carmel's mama and not Carmel is show him, showing him the time of day. If he was real man and honest with it, he would have told Carmel what he did and let her make an, you yeah. know, uh, a decision about whether or not she wanted to be with him after that fact. But I'm like, uh-uh, bro, don't you be up here sleeping with a mama and a daughter in the same oh, house, God. then have the nerve to raise your voice to the mama in the house? No, sir. Oh, gosh. I can't believe they did that. I'm just still so upset. Like, ew. <laughs> that was... <laughs> oh, my God. depending on where you are listening to the show, <laughs> if you're listening to it from the uh, Hollyoaks podcast uh, page, um, the Tumblr, the hollyoakspodcast.tumblr.com, you'll notice that you'll see an addition to the uh, normal text there, which is asking for your vote on the Hollyoaks Podcast Award. So usually during British Soap Awards season, Hollyoaks doesn't end up getting a lot of love. So we decided to go ahead and show some love by allowing fans of the show to vote for their favorites in a few different categories. So uh, if you have some time, go ahead and vote on your choices for like best actor, best actress, best story, sexiest male, sexiest female, and best villain on the uh, hollyoakspodcast.tumblr.com. Just click the little link to the little survey monkey voting ballot. Uh, and I'm mad I, I should have included, uh, I feel, Mercedes on that 
ballot as best villain, but I went with the choices that uh, the British Soap Awards already, uh, you know, shortlisted, so, uh, or longlisted, whatever. So, get your vote on. The ballot closes uh, next week on Friday, so that'll be Friday, May 17th at 3 o'clock p.m. It's the exact same time the British Soap Awards. Uh, voting thingy closes, so be sure to cast your votes by then. So, Tara, why don't you tell some nice uh, closing words to the good people? Um, well, hello, guys. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed their week, and um, I hope you know we win some good stuff at the British Soap Awards this time. You know, for Hollywood. I mean, I think they really had a good run um, last year, and this year it's not that bad so far. I mean, it's not a great, but yeah. So I'm just hoping that they win some more, and we can all show them some love. And um, either way, you know, if you love it or not. So, okay, I hope everyone enjoyed the week, and um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we had a lot of stuff for you guys to maybe like. So, all right, well, that's all I have to say, and bye. <laughs> Well, I will tell you something that I like. I like how you come up on this show and you give me good titles for the podcast. I think I'm going to call you the queen of Hollyoaks podcast titles. Because last time you gave me Use the Sun for Directions and oh my God, then Jackie said pretty much the same line in the show. Oh, I love that. I thought that was hilarious. And this week, I already know it's going to be whatever he's smoking, I need some of that. When y'all see that title, y'all, y'all think, Terra, Oaks Junkie, SMX Gray, that's that's the one to think for that. <laughs> Cause she is right on point with that. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys soon. And for Jess, bye. <laughs> bye.